Episode 56, Raquel Work with the Principal Teacher, Part 2. Welcome to the Principles and Practice Podcast. This is where we discuss biblical principles for life and learning. I'm your host, Heather Hall, and this is my co-host, Brian Hall. Welcome to Part 2 of our interview with Raquel Work, the Principled Teacher. In today's episode, we continue the discussion of Raquel's experience and thoughts on the principal approach. That's exciting that you had so many families take interest and come over. Did any yeah. of them end up picking up the principal approach or joining your school? Um, yes. So the families that were in my school were in my school mostly because of the biblical worldview aspect. Um, they were the types of moms that weren't teachers. They were just kind of like really good moms who wanted to homeschool, tried to homeschool, but just when they found me, it was like, uh, you're like my ideal homeschool mom, so can you teach my kids, you know? And so some of them worked part-time and whatnot, but um, they weren't the kind of people that would want to take the principal approach and run with it. And it's been a difficult road as far as getting people here to uh, embrace the principal approach because it is, it is, I want to say work intensive, but I don't mean in the aspect of like, you know, of course I put a lot of time and energy into it, but it, it takes the mind and spirit to be calm and quiet and to be reflective and really ask yourself, what is the message I want to communicate with this particular lesson or with this particular subject? Why am I teaching this? And, and if, if it's kind of like, if <laughs> I'll try to distill down what I learned from John Locke in the Red Books. Have you read John Locke in the Red Books? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so in our teacher's training uh, course in Tyler that we did going through the Red Books, we spent a lot of time reading and discussing John Locke's principles. And one of the principles that stood out to me was this idea of property, how one gains property and not just physical property, but intellectual property also. And so if you don't put the effort into owning what you're trying to communicate, the message, then it, it won't be communicated in a way that the student starts to own it. And you don't necessarily know right away if your student's owning, you know, because what if you think you own it, but maybe not quite to the extent that would be beneficial for your child. I mean, only you can judge that. But, and it takes years for you to see your fruit, the fruit of what you've done. But as a teacher and as a homeschool mom, I think you have to be committed to taking the time to teach yourself. And that's the most important component. So like I can teach teachers or homeschool moms how to teach a subject with biblical principles. They can take it and actually, you know, implement that, which is part of what I did when I first started, right? I was using the NOAA plan lessons. I was using other curriculum that was created by principal approach teachers. And so I, you know, was kind of like spoon feeding myself in a way, but I also took the time to own and take possession 
of what I was being taught. So that now that I'm done homeschooling and I'm writing curriculum, I'm surprised to see how much I have possessed over the years and how much of the principal approach principles and methodologies and philosophy I'm able to communicate. And I didn't see that back then, even though I was putting that time and effort into it, I didn't realize how much ownership I did take. Mm -hmm. And it's not until you actually start writing it out or communicating it to others that you realize that you have that possession. But all that to say that if you wanna be a true principal approach teacher, you have to make the effort into possessing the knowledge and then communicating it, right? Whether it's to your kids or someone else. And that's really the most important thing. I think the element that makes principal approach different. You can tell a principal approach teacher who's actually put in the effort to learn what there is to be learned about thinking biblically. And those who are just doing it to get through the curriculum or because they believe it's the right thing, but they haven't possessed it themselves. So it's a challenge. And at this point in my life, I mean, I'm 51 years old. I've been teaching for over 20 years using the principal approach. And now because of the way our culture is, I want to restore America's Christian heritage by just sharing basic principles. You know, if I had the right people, which I do have a couple moms that um, are learning from me, they don't know that they're learning principal approach, but they are. And they're committed, they're dedicated. I meet with them once a month and we talk about how, you know, I'll, I'll basically start off by saying, this is what you should be doing or how are you doing on this goal and whatnot, and then give them the background with that. So you're talking about possessing your own education, which translated over to the audience would be internalizing those principles so that your thinking is trained to be able to pull those principles to the forethought of your mind and assess things in the world based on those principles. You're reasoning from those truths in every single area of life. So it's when you do possess it, like you're talking about, even when your children are grown and graduated and moved on, maybe you're homeschooling some younger children, maybe you're not involved with education at all to any degree anymore. That doesn't matter because it's not about the curriculum. The goal is to be able to learn how to reason from the truth of God's word and to apply it to life. And so, so yeah, that's, that's definitely a standard that sets, sets what we call the principal approach apart from everything else, because yes, there's a curriculum. Yes. The principles are ingrained in it, but it's just to equip you for life is what it is ultimately to live yeah. Christianly, to think governmentally. Yeah. So these moms may not know that they're going to become principal approach teachers, but they will be thinking biblically. And that's really one of my main purposes is to not necessarily use, you know, like, I don't want to identify like, oh, I'm a Charlotte Mason, or I'm a, you know, a traditional homeschooler, or I'm this, that, or the other principal approach. 
I just want to say, if you're a Christian and you think biblically, this is how you do it. Right. And I was talking with a friend about that at lunch today, where the the trademark, the branding makes it sound like it's just another philosophy and method strictly for education, like you said, Charlotte Mason, but it's not. It's just the historical method. It goes back into America's history, yes, but it even goes back to England with the reformers. I mean, this is just the way people used to study God's word and think and then apply to life those principles. Um, So yeah, it is kind of challenging to help people learn how to see that it's not just another homeschool curriculum method or philosophy. It's just, it's just the Christian way of life. So I like that you are teaching them that way. And then later on, they'll learn (laughs) what we call it. That's pretty creative. Yeah. I mean, that's really the point is that we can get American Christians to think biblically. And actually these two women that are homeschooling and they're new moms. So I'm getting them fresh off the off the birthing table, practically, Um, you know, they, they are from different countries. One's from Canada and one's from Brazil. Wow. And they see the value in not just the biblical education, but the value of American Christian heritage, our heritage as a country, Mm -hmm. and the liberty that we've developed in this country. Isn't it fascinating how it seems that people from other countries yeah. really get it. I mean, they grasp it so much quicker than Americans do. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if we're blinded to it because we're so used to the liberty that we've had that we don't yeah. see what's needed to keep it or the other people are so hungry for it. They want to learn how do you get there? Well, if you're raised in America and you have either been public school educator or even private school education, whether it be Catholic or even a Christian school, there's hundreds of Christian schools in America that aren't teaching biblical thinking. Yeah, true. They're not teaching America's Christian history. So if these people who are raised in America have been taught with a traditional, let's say, 1950s form of education, then they're not going to know what i mean number one ultimately if you're an american you should know what the pledge of allegiance means i mean we used to say that in america in our public schools every single morning we've lost that they don't even do it in christian schools practically um but to know not just say the pledge but to know it and to appreciate what our um the people who sacrificed their lives they died for our liberty, not just in World War One or World War Two or any of the other wars, but in the American Revolution, in the Civil War, people died for liberty. Thousands and millions of people died. Like, think about today. Like, do you know military? I mean, I don't have anybody in my family who was killed in battle. But imagine if I did. My husband. What if it was my husband? Like, that would have a huge impact on me. So to me, it doesn't matter if the people who sacrifice their lives for my liberty are related to me or not. I feel the weight of that because I appreciate liberty. 
I know and understand what the Constitution says. If our kids aren't studying that every year, or if you were raised in America and you maybe read it once or maybe twice, you're not going to know how, you know, what makes our country different. What are the exact principles by which our country was built on? If you don't know the history of the Constitutional Convention, it was contentious. We think our country is contentious now. I mean, think about it back then. They're building something totally brand new. They don't even know what they're doing in a way. <laughs> but yet they were knowledgeable enough and conscious enough of Christian values to create this government that had never existed in all the world and that gives us the greatest freedom that the world has ever known. And if people grew up knowing that, they would appreciate it. But so I fault the education system of America for centuries now. But the people who come here from other countries, they didn't have the American education system. They had something else. And they possibly could have had oppression. You know, what if they came from Venezuela or Cuba or something, you know, mm -hmm. China, perhaps they would know. Right. So it's I think that's part of the problem is that we've been relying on a system of education that leaves out the most important part of being American. And yes, we're a melting pot, but you're in America. We are a legal country. So once you come in here, like my father was an immigrant from Mexico. He came in here and said, I'm going to be an American. I'm not going to lose my Hispanic heritage. We celebrated like Hispanics. We lived our life like Hispanics. We spoke Spanish to each other, but we did not uh, neglect the importance of being in America. My dad was like, I'm going to learn English. My kids are going to learn English. Um, we're going to do it the American way. And we're going to reach for the American dream because this is where it's possible. You know, like that's where I got my appreciation for America initially, you know, before the principal approach. So it's, it's a tough place for us to be as principal approach educators to try to reteach all of those things that they missed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of work involved with it, but it's very doable. Um, yeah. I do not have a degree in education, and I've learned just self-taught like you in the beginning, going through the no plan lessons, and then just owning it myself, learning how to create those lesson plans and put them together and practice the reasoning questions. And it's just the more you get into it, the more you start to ask questions anyway, yes. and then you can translate those questions over to your own students, yeah. get yeah. them thinking about it. Yeah, I just... I definitely want parents listening to walk away with the knowledge that it's very doable. It is time intensive, but what better way is there to spend your time than to get into God's word anyway, you know, and to see his hand throughout history and to understand how principles apply to our lives and how we apply them to the world, the way that we live and that that makes positive changes for everybody.
Thank you for joining us for this episode. In next week's episode, Raquel shares her view as to why she thinks some people reject the time and effort that it takes to teach with the principal approach and what she thinks is the cure for this challenge. As always, if you're looking for additional resources or support, you can visit our website at principalacademy.com, check out our shop and our blog, and you can also find us on Facebook at Christian Homeschooling with Bible Principles, also on Instagram under Principal Academy. Thanks so much for joining us. All right, well, this is Heather Hall. And this is Brian Hall. For Christ and His Glory. <laughs>